0: You're listening to a Southside Baptist Church podcast with our pastor, Dr. Jeff Barker. For more audio content, please refer to our website at ssbaptistchurch.com. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you. Lord, we love you. We love you, dear Lord, because uh, of that very song and what it teaches and what it means to every one of us, Lord of all of our failures and our shortcomings you you continually love us you're the you're the father who runs to the prodigal dear lord beaten and bruised up and absolutely bankrupt from the world and lord even though he was the son alienated and ostracized by by a world that for a while he lived in pleasure dear lord he came back to the father and Lord, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus, you said that the father ran to the son. He saw him from a distance. His love had never changed. And he runs and he wraps his arms around his son. He puts his robe on his shoulders and they're dirty and filthy. He puts sandals on his feet. He puts a ring on his finger. He said, my son was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found And Lord, we thank you for that kind of reckless, abandoned love that chases after us. And so, Lord, we pray if there's one here that feels unloved, unwanted, undesired, then, Lord, they would first understand that there is a loving Heavenly Father who is running and chasing after them. And, Lord, if there's one here that has strayed and moved away from you spiritually, they're not where they need to be, Lord, you're chasing after them too. And so, Lord, we love you and we praise you. And, Lord, I ask you to cleanse me and to forgive me. Take away, dear Lord, the things that have been said or done, dear Lord, that would offend you or quench your Holy Spirit or grieve it. And, Lord, by the blood of Jesus Christ, forgive me this morning. Let me be a vessel that you can use as I go into the new year. And we give you glory and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can uh, be seated, and you can take your Bibles. I want you to take them and turn to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. We've been in Mark. I'll try to be sensitive to time, but uh, we're going to look at verse 27 and read to the end of the chapter there. Uh, I, I, I read something. And uh, I I thought it was really interesting. It was said that one of the great military campaigns was the military campaign of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was one of the master military strategists. When When you go through officer school, when you're training in the military, you take a lot of military history, you look at a lot of the great military leaders... And you can't go very far in history without looking at Alexander the Great. He was an individual that conquered the known world of his day by his late 20s. In fact, it was said that he was a man who grieved because there was nothing else to conquer. One of the great campaigns of Alexander the Great was when he led his men over 4,000 miles in 11 days. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. 4,000 miles in 11 days. That almost seems impossible. That's about 400 and a little less than that miles a day. I, I don't see how that could even be done. It was said at a certain point that his troops, because he was on his way to defeat Darius, who was the Persian king that we read about in the book of Daniel. He's on his way, the Greeks leading that Greek army to defeat the Persian army, and, and it was an unbelievable feat. It was said that they were literally, that his troops were starving to death. They were thirsting to death. Some were dying along the way. And it was said at a critical moment that one of his soldiers brought a helmet of water that he had been able to find. And he was taking it to his children or taking it to children. But when he saw Alexander the Great, he was so moved by this great leader that he took the helmet and he took it to Alexander the Great, who was literally in that moment dying of thirst. And it was said that Alexander the Great was on his knee and he took the helmet and as he put his face down, he looked at his men. And then all of a sudden, he took the helmet and he handed it back to the soldier. And he said, take it to the children. It was said in that moment that his army, literally so moved by that sacrifice, that single act was abandoned to the crusade and the campaign of Alexander the Great. It changed them. When you look at Mark chapter 8, you come to that moment. It's a pivotal moment in the Gospel of Mark. Because in some ways it's a very similar thing. So let's look at it. Mark chapter 8, beginning of verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the village around Caesarea Philippi. On the way he asked them, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Jeremiah, and still others, one of the prophets. Now let me ask you something. Stop for a moment, let's think. Imagine you look at somebody and say to them, Uh, what are people saying about me? That almost sounds vain, wouldn't it? You know, you work in an office, you know, what are other folks saying about me in the office? You go to school, you know, what are my classmates saying about me? It almost sounds kind of vain, but it was a critical question. Verse 29, but what about you? Because... They answered and said, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, still others one of the prophets. But then in verse 29, but Jesus said, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you're the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, everybody look this way. Peter... Literally, who has made this great declaration now takes Jesus and kind of manhandles him a little bit. He kind of you ever grab somebody by you ever grab a child by the shoulder or by the nap, you know, where their shirt is and kind of pull them off and and pull them off and say, I'm not gonna let you behave like that. Now you stop that right now. You hear me? It literally is that kind of rebuke. Peter takes the, the cloak. Of Jesus pulls him off to the side and begins to rebuke him and, and and says to him, I'm not gonna let you, hey, listen, I'm not gonna let you do that. You stop that right now. You quit talking like that. Verse 33 But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me who? Satan. Satan. He said, You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. For his soul, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Verse 1 of chapter 9, and he said to them, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Let's pray again. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we give you all the glory and honor, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Warren Wearsby writes here, he said, now that they had confessed their faith in Christ, the disciples were ready for the secret. Christ had been wanting to share with them. He was going with them to Jerusalem where He would die on a cross. From this point on, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, focuses on their journey to Jerusalem and the emphasis will be on Jesus approaching death and resurrection. This announcement stunned the disciples. If He is indeed the Christ of God, as they had confessed, then why would He be rejected by the religious leaders? Why would these leaders crucify Him? Did not the Old Testament Scriptures promise that the Messiah would defeat all their enemies and establish a glorious kingdom in Israel or for Israel? Was there something wrong somewhere? And were the disciples confused? True to character, it was Peter who expressed their concern. One minute, Peter was led by God to confess his faith in Christ Jesus, and the next minute, he was thinking like an unbelieving man, vacillating and expressing the thoughts of Satan. This is a warning to us that when we argue with God's Word, we open the door for Satan's lies. Peter began rebuking his master, and Mark used the same word that describes our Lord rebuking demons. Peter's protest was born out of his ignorance of God's Word and his will and his deep love for the Lord. One minute Peter was a rock, the next minute he was a stumbling block. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan said, the man who loves Christ but who shuns God's method is a stumbling block to him. Let me ask you something. In 2017, did you live as if Jesus Christ was Savior and Lord of your life? Let me say that again. In 2017, every one of you, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room, including me, did you live your life as if Jesus Christ were the Lord, the Savior, and the Lord of your life, did you? Because if you and I have not, then we are not the rock by which he builds his church. We are a stone of stumbling to the people around us. I've uh, been in this study on pornography It is the finest study that I have ever seen in my life. We'll start this study two weeks from today. Ladies, all this vacillating in and out, taking this Sunday off, that Sunday off, going here, going there, uncommitted, coming in late. Listen, if you do that, ladies, then you are sure to set your husband up for further failure. 25 to 30 percent of evangelical, Bible believing, church going women are regularly viewing pornography. 50 to 58 percent of evangelical pastors are viewing regularly pornography. 70 percent of the average church going male is viewing pornography regularly. It is destroying intimacy. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying the body of believers and our ability to do what God would have us to do. This study is life-changing um, because it, 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 it wakes you up. And there are things in there that I believe that God will use to position us as a congregation to a level of maturity that he wants in our lives so that he can begin to use us for his plan and his purpose. We can't go to Zimbabwe like we are right now. I wouldn't do that to the people of Zimbabwe. They deserve better. We can't continue. We fed over a hundred homeless people We ministered to a vat. we had every table, we had the fellowship hall packed, we had tables in the gym trying to minister to people who are broken and hurting. Some of those people wept and cried when we gave them a gift bag. We gave over a hundred gift bags to men and women who were hurting, and yes, women are on the streets. We can't effectively change the homeless problem in this city in the condition that we are right now. We're too uncommitted, impure, not where we need to be. All of us. We can't reach this city. This year, Reggie will be leading us out in evangelistic efforts of trying to reach this city. Yesterday, we put uh, Bethany's dad's body to rest. He was about 62 years of age. His death came unexpectedly. And Bethany, we love you. It's good to see you here today. And we want you to know we're praying for you. She was kind of a daddy's girl. So uh, it was interesting yesterday because it was a unique funeral as we listened to a man who was driven by a passion for Christ and that people would know him. And though he had suffered a massive stroke and was confined to a wheelchair and eventually ended up in a, in, in, a, in a nursing home, convalescent home, he was still trying to share the faith with the people that were around him. And people bore testimony to that. I don't know about you, but I want to die well, I want to finish well. I want to be what Paul said when he said, I've finished my course and I've kept the faith and and, and I've done everything that God has called me to do. I fought the good fight. Uh, And I I, I tell you, if you commit to to this year to be holy and to be pure before God and to say, God, I want to be used by you men, there is a point. The guy that teaches this study is a former fighter pilot. He is an unbelievable individual. He talks about shooting Migs out of the air, an unbelievable pilot. But he said the problem with most men is they don't take purity serious. And he said the reality is instead of protecting their family with the sword of God, with what God would have in to pick, he said they've turned and he said they're attacking their own family, their wife, their children, their own family. He said, when God gets your heart pure and my heart pure and God begins to turn us, he said, then God begins to achieve his purpose and his plan for our life. And that goes for mom too. There have been too many men that have fallen through the cracks because the wife was not spiritual and pure and living the life before her husband like she ought to live it. And the outcome is, is her husband paid the price. In 21 years of pastoring this church, I've seen many a good man fall. And I knew he was going to fall because his wife did not love him and support him, was not committed to his holiness, was not committed to his purity, and thereby he failed. Ladies, God wants to use you to bring your husband to a level of purity and holiness that he cannot do apart from you being a part of it. because God wants to do something this year in this church that I believe this time next year, you and I will look at each other and say, Brother Jeff, you were exactly right. I've always thought this when I get to heaven. I thought to myself, I don't want the Lord to sit me down and to say to me, Oh, son, there was so much I could have done. So much we could have accomplished together, but you never were holy and pure enough to be used by me. Dr. Ron here said a long time ago, I'll never forget it. He said, God will not use a dirty pitcher to carry the water of life for very long. Some of you in this room, the reality is, is you're here by divine appointment. God did not want this service canceled because there was something that he needed to say to you this morning, through this pastor, and to say to me as well. God is calling us to a level of commitment and a level of purity and a level of holiness. And ladies, I'm telling you, you're going to be a key to this. In fact, I've debated this. I've debated when the men finished the first video that on, on January, that's January the 14th, uh, well that morning, we'll begin the study. The ladies will be with Iva in a study. But the next, the next, and then Iva will be walking us through the whole Bible. She's going to tell you the story of redemption. If you've never heard it, she did it with our leaders. I tell you, it will affect and change your life. She will walk you through the entire Bible and tell you the story of what God has been doing, what He continues to do. And we'll close out the chronological Bible. Men will be here two weeks from today starting that study. Ladies, I'm tempted to say, and I believe I will, that the first video will be handed to Sheila and the ladies will be viewing the first video that the men have reviewed the week before. And I'm telling you, ladies, it is an eye-opener and it will change your life. It will change your marriage it'll change your home, and it'll change God's ability to use you and I. Jesus was letting his disciples in on a secret. He basically looked at these men that were gathered around him at Caesarea Philippi, and he said, who do you think I am? But first he began by saying, who does the market, who do people out there, men and women, boys and girls, who do people think that I am? Now let me tell you something, Jesus as far as the world is concerned, is in an identity crisis. The Muslims think he's a great prophet. The Christians said, well, that's impossible. How can he be a great prophet if he's a liar? Because C.S. Lewis said it well. Jesus is either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. If he's Lord, then you and I need to live a better life than we've been living. Ladies, you're going to do porn cleanup. You know what that means? That means you're going to go through your home and you're going to go through every video, every channel. You're going to go through your house and you're going to begin to clean it up. You're going to declare war, ladies, on pornography because it's killing the church. It's killing our young people. you're going to be a part of this holiness, this purity that's going to return to the home. And in the life of your husband, you're going, to be, you're going to be the front line protecting him, protecting your sons. Ladies, did you hear that? You got a boy? You got a boy? I don't care what age he is. You better protect him. Jesus said to his disciples, what are the markets saying? They answered. Elijah, Jeremiah one of the prophets, John the Baptist. Who do you say that I am? Peter steps up and says, Lord, you're the the Christ. You're the the Christos. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. And Jesus begins to to compliment that. He he, he says, that's critical. and, And you've understood correctly. Now let me let you in on a secret. The secret is this. The Messiah and your understanding of the Messiah is not what you thought He's not coming on a white horse out of heaven and defeat His enemies and set Israel and Jerusalem up as the capital and make Israel the the kingpin in the world. He's not doing that. That's not. You've misunderstood and you've listened to the religious leaders and they're wrong. I'm letting you in on a secret. It's not like that at all. God was in Christ reconciling the world to to Himself. This is what the secret is. The son of man, the Messiah, what you recognize as the Messiah, God in the flesh, he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem. He's going to be tried on trumped up charges. He's going to be beaten almost to an inch of his life. Then they're going to nail him to a cross and they're going to crucify him. He's going to be placed in a borrowed tomb and he's going to be left there for three days. And then he's going to rise from the dead you failed to understand that He will accomplish the mission of redemption by His blood, by His death, not by a military victory. Now here's the second part of the secret. And if you're going to be His follower, you're going to have to do the same thing. If any man will come after me, He's got to say no to himself That's painful You mean I have to say no to myself That's right You mean I have to say no to the desires and the flesh and the carnal nature that's in me that I've kind of just given up, thrown in the towel and said, well, that's just the way I am and I'm never going to change. And so this process, hagiosmos, sanctification is never going to be accomplished on this side, so I give up. I've just, I just throw in the towel. He loves me. I'm covered by His grace, so I'm just going to live the way I want to live because it really doesn't matter anymore. I've tried and i failed. I can't say no to myself. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If any man would come after me, Jesus said he must deny himself, say no to himself. Hey, let me tell you something. Some of you are going to have to say no to the people around you. Some of you men need to step up and be the man that God's called you to be. Some of them are listening on the website. Some of you men that are sitting at home and you know you ought to be here today and you use this as an excuse not to be here. Some of you are listening on the podcast and the reality is is some of you men need to pull your vehicles over and you need to get on your knees on the side of the road and you need to repent and to say, God, by your help and strength, I'm going to be the man that you have called me to be and the dad and the grandfather and the leader that I need to be. Tired of playing a game. 2018, it's serious. Hey, you don't think it's serious? Amy was trying to talk me into buying digital coins. She said, Dad, it's a volatile market, but Dad, it's unbelievable. A worldwide central monetary valued coin in which you can go to any country into the world. You can buy and do anything. Alicia, when, when Amy said that, did this. She said, that gives me chills. She said, that sounds like the end time. News in the last two days, Iran backed by the Soviet Union is building bases 30 miles from Israel, backed by the Soviets. And the reality is, is that God is speaking. And I think what God is doing, He's calling His people, His children, His church, and He's saying these are critical moments, critical hours, and you cannot go into this time without being pure and holy and everything that I've called you to be. I've told you. God is going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life and in my life and in the life of this congregation Then it begins here today. It starts right now. It can't start until you know that you're saved. can't start until you know that you're saved it can't start until you know that you know that it's settled and your name is in the lamb's book of life because if you've been going through the chronological bible when you get to revelation it talks about those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life Is your name in the lamb's book do you know it secondly Are you living a life that you know, that you know, that you know, that He's Lord? He's not just Savior, He's Lord. He's the Master of your life. And if not, this is the day. Some of you are going to have to separate from friendships. Some of you are going to have to separate from family. Some of you are going to have to say goodbye to people that you love because the reality is as they continue to pull you down and continue to be an offense, a stumbling block to you, you're going to have to separate yourself from them. If you can't change them, you're going to have to remove yourself from their lives. I don't know what God's telling you to do this morning. All I ask is that you be obedient Now I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to spend a moment in prayer. If you're here today, first of all, and you don't know for certain that you're saved, you're not sure, I want to encourage you this morning to get your life right. Know that you know that you know. I'm here at the front. I'll be here. Ledge can come down. He can be here as well. If God has spoken to you, you say, Brother Jeff, I, I don't know whether I'm saved or not, then don't go through another year like that. What, what better time to give your life to Christ today, to be sold out to Him and know that you're saved. Secondly, it may be that you need to come to this altar, and you need to leave some things here. You may say, you know, Brother Jeff, I've, I've, I've not been living the life that I ought to live. I'm just not where I need to be, but I've heard you today. And I want to be a holy, pure vessel. I want God to use me today. So I'm coming today, and I'm going I'm to be here at this altar, and I'm just going to leave everything here you come.